Hi, welcome to the Positive Health Vibes podcast, a series of fun, upbeat health, nutrition, and fitness chats. I'm your host, Shantae Allen, a certified fitness nutrition specialist and Pilates instructor. And today's topic is what a spine doctor knows about strength training. Today I'm live with Dr. Rhett King of King Chiropractic in Wilmington, North Carolina. How's it going? I hope today hasn't been a major pain in your back. It's been great. Thanks for having me. I figure I'd break the ice with a little humor, so I've got a funny nutrition joke for you. What's a chiropractor's favorite cereal? I have no idea. <laughs> Rice Krispies, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. <laughs> you, you. <laughs> You go to the grocery store much these days? Uh, yeah, every week. <laughs> every week? Okay. Yeah. Well, I've got another joke for you. Why did the chiropractor have trouble waiting behind people at the grocery store? I don't know. Why? Because he didn't know what alignment. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you get that one. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> but seriously, I do want the audience to learn more about you and your professional background. Dr. Rhett King decided to become a chiropractor after his experience as a patient of chiropractic care. He suffered from a lower back injury in high school that forced him out of sports. He was in so much pain that he had trouble walking and then began seeing a chiropractor and made a full recovery. This outcome led to his decision to become a chiropractor himself, which he obviously did. He received his doctorate degree from Life University a leading chiropractic and holistic health university in Georgia, apprenticed at two major clinics in Atlanta, Georgia, and then set up his King Chiropractic office in Wilmington, North Carolina, and was named Wilmington's best chiropractor in 2014. King Chiropractic's mission is to provide the same focused, personal quality chiropractic care to our community that we give to our own family. Some of the issues he provides chiropractic treatment for are back pain, slip disc, headache and migraines, neck pain, sciatica, scoliosis, vertebral disc and herniated disc issues, sports and overuse injuries, Achilles tendonitis and whiplash. He's happily married, has a son, daughter, and enjoys diving, spearfishing, martial arts, and powerlifting. A couple years ago, Dr. King actually walked into a nutrition store I used to own for a body composition analysis before getting ready for a powerlifting competition. And before that, I actually met him at the gym and he's always had a focus on strength training. Dr. King, can you tell us more about your path from pain to recovery and how that led to powerlifting? Um, <clears throat> just a little bit more background on the, um, on the injuries. Like, so I've always been in the gym and I've always loved lifting. I've started when I was about 11 and um, you know, for the most part, it was just kind of, what you'd call like messing around in the gym, you know, um, you know, I thought it was pretty serious, uh, kind of do this, uh, traditional bodybuilder workouts you see in magazines, you know, really, uh, like watching, you know, Schwarzenegger and these other guys watching movies and stuff. And, you know, you, you kind of do the quintessential, you know, bro lifts in the gym, go in there, hit the bench, you know, hit some curls, <laughs> um, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, but you know, I got hurt real bad in high school, as you mentioned before. And, you know, it was more or less just a lack of, honestly, it's I always just kind of blame it on, um, uh, just being young and dumb pretty much, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, coaching was non-existent in high school. 
uh, even though, you know, it should have been. And uh, you've got a bunch of young guys in the gym, so we're all just trying to outlift each other and that just kind of asks for problems. But I used to always blame it on the lifts. But anyway, um, uh, as I got, got you know, kind of got older and I was – you know, going to the chiropractor and, you know, kind of becoming interested in chiropractic myself, you know, I, I, I've always continued with that real love of the gym. And, um, uh, at some point along the way, I, um, was just trying to figure out, you know, how, what I wanted to do, you know, there's you know, a lot of different goals you can set. As you know, you can be more aesthetic. You can go into bodybuilding, you can go into, you know, you know, primarily strength training, or you can become a marathon runner or whatever. Right. Right. And training should reflect your goals. So um, I just at some point got interested in, you know, focusing on strength. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes, you know, powerlifters, oh, we don't have any endurance or this or that. You know, that's fine. Uh, I don't need to run three miles. I don't need to run a half marathon. Um, I just like the focused aspect of concentrating on strength. And that's what led me to, you know, coaching. It led me to, uh, you know, seminars and things of that nature. And, you know, the interesting thing is that as far as being a chiropractor, really be this extends to being a doctor of any type um you know i find that out of all the professions that should be giving you advice on exercise probably doctors shouldn't be one of them <laughs> for the most part i mean you know by and large we're not taught adequately this kind of stuff in school and um yet if you talk to pro- you know, practically any medical doctor any chiropractor any uh pt if anything pt would be more the most qualified we really don't have the training in that we, we don't get the training in school that would, you know, warrant the kind of opinions about every, what everybody's doing at the gym. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And yeah. you obtained your knowledge from a lot of experience and right. seeking this type of um, expert knowledge from. Yeah. Outside sources. So yeah. Um, I just got really latched on to a couple of things. Starting strength, as you know, is, is the program, the methodology that I went with, it was the most effective for me. And, um, you know, you can go with a bunch of different methodologies. There's lots, there's, a, there's just so much information out there. Uh, but at some point, you know, I just kind of figured where I wanted to go and what was going to be the best method for me to, um, to kind of not only, learn and, you know, be the, be the example, but also what was going to be the most effective thing for me to teach to others. Mm-hmm. I wanted that to be something that was a big part of my practice as well. Um, so as far as like, you know, I don't consider myself an expert. Um, you know, it's uh, when I talk to patients about, you know, the benefits of strength training um, and how that can benefit them with say back pain or neck pain or, you know, uh, posture or whatever, um, you know, I, I make, make it clear that, you know, I am on that level with them and this is just something that I have a, a, a side, this is my side hustle. It's a, it's a passion. Right. So um, yeah, from your perspective as a chiropractor, how has back strength enabled you and your clients to increase strength, of course, in the back, but also in other major muscle groups of the body? Okay. So, um, Typically, when I start with a new patient, you know, we'll just take your typical back pain patient. There's a few commonalities. Uh, many of them have very weak hips, very weak legs and back, right? And I find that more often than not, people with weak backs um, tend to hurt more, right? This is just kind of a, it's not like a, a I don't have a ton of stats on it, but it just is what the tendency tends to be. And um, so whenever you know, you can get people to 
to start lifting as well as going to the chiropractor. And there are plenty of studies out there that are pretty readily available that show the, that combining like say PT and chiropractic together, exercise and chiropractic is, you know, has a much greater yield as far as results. So uh, that became kind of my focus. And I don't do this with every single person, but if you come in on a given day, I'm, I'm writing things on the board. I've got examples up. I'm, you know, I'm preaching, you know what I mean? And, right. um, and I want people to not be afraid to lift, uh, but I, I want people to learn how to do it correctly. Um, the Department of Health and Human Services recommends strength training all major muscle groups into a fitness routine at least two times a week. Mm-hmm. Outside of chiropractic care, which strength training exercises do you generally recommend for your patients? Um, I recommend uh, multi-muscle group, multi-joint, you know, compound movements. Um, and, you know, if you look at the methodology for starting strength, which is what I recommend, it's just a, it's a very well put together program. It's very easily accessible. It's, you know, it's free for people to get started. Um, there's a lot of information on it and it's been, God, they've got gobs of, of uh, research data backing up the programs themselves. But, um, I recommend people learn to squat, they learn to deadlift, they learn to press. And then obviously there, you know, there are going to be limitations with some people and we don't, you know, we don't, uh, we don't build the program for the limitations. We make modifications for limitations, right? So if someone can't press, then there's a next best thing. Maybe they can curl, maybe they can uh, do some other version that is like the next best thing right? Um, If they can't squat to full depth, maybe they can use a chair or start from a box or some partial movement, right? Um, Until we can get them to, you know, as close to the movement as possible. Yeah, I recommend the compound lifts. They uh, allow you to use the greatest range of motion, heaviest weights, and they incorporate the most muscle mass. So that's, you know, yeah, I I recommend that wholeheartedly, 100%. And I have a lot of people in, you know, that are into fitness that are listening, but also those who may know virtually nothing. Can you tell them, tell those listeners what a compound lift is, what that means? Okay. So compound lift just incorporates uh, multiple joints. Um, basically it's going to be lots of muscle mass, multiple joints moving at one time. So a squat, for instance, you know, you've got, uh, you're not just, you're not isolating. In other words, you're going to use ankles, knees, hips, back, shoulders, the whole thing, everything working together to, um, create the greatest amount of force and move the barbell, um, you know, through a full range of motion. And so with, if someone were to start the starting strength, would you recommend they start with their own weight resistance or if they're kind of deconditioned, what would you say? Well, I, I assume that anybody starting out is going to be deconditioned. So, um, for the most part, so yeah, everyone there's, there's, it's the way that we teach, um, uh, starting, you know, people out, it's always with an empty bar or sometimes not even, uh, we have to figure out where the person is, you know? So if you, let's say that you have somebody in their late sixties, um, that's starting out, maybe they don't even start on the squat, you know, let's say that they have some range of motion issues. Maybe they can't get into the position. We might even start them on a leg press. Let's say somebody who's so weak that they can't even, you know, get off the toilet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then we might start them on a leg Which press. Pretty, pretty functional there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, when we talk about functional lift, there's nothing more functional than being able to squat, right. uh, being able to pick something up off the ground, you know. Um, and uh, and essentially, these are the kind of movements that, you know, are incorporated into the squat, the deadlift, you know. So <clears throat> you just find out where the person is. You got to figure out where they're at first, and then you can take steps up from there. Uh, but no, there's not like a, 
you know, you have to start at this weight or you have to start with this equipment or whatever. You're just trying to, you know, you're trying to approximate as close as you can to a standard. Um, but obviously everyone's, um, you know, there are, there are circumstances that don't allow that. You just figure out where the person's at, you know, and go from there. Yeah. Let's relate that to chiropractic care. I mean, I'm a Pilates instructor, so I deal with strengthening backs and improving posture in my clients. And I've never been to a chiropractor before, but sometimes the client's range of motion is so limited due to a severe neck or back injury that they need to avoid certain exercises altogether and, and have those cervical, thoracic, and lumbar vertebrae injuries treated or else they'll continue to have pain or very limited mobility. Can you tell us why it's so important to treat neck and back issues ASAP before starting something like this? I mean, if, if the sooner you know there's an issue, the better, <laughs> you know, um, to go ahead and get started. But yeah, I, I'm, when it comes to training and, uh, and chiropractic together, I mean, once I've figured out where a person's at and where they're not only just where they're at physically, but where they're at mentally, um, mm -hmm. I do encourage often to go ahead and start training. Let's, let's, here's a perfect example. You get somebody that's had their hip replaced. My uh, mother actually just had her hip replaced yesterday. And, uh, do you think they're going to wait very long before they have her up and have her training? No. Right. They're up within hours a lot of the time. Right. So, uh, they have to immediately start regaining function in that hip. Right. So we do the same thing with the lower back. You take someone who is, uh, comes in and they've hurt their back. I'm not going to have them squat, you know, heavy on the first day of an injury of course not you know we, we want to get things under control right so they come in they like you know maybe they lay down on the table maybe we do some palliative therapies maybe there's not a lot that i can really do because of the pain that they're in uh well you know we do what we can they come back the next day maybe we're able to get like a light adjustment with an instrument or even you know maybe a light manual adjustment or the use of the drop table or something like that they come back in another day it's a little bit better um, maybe we're able to go full adjustment and now maybe we're able to start doing some training. So maybe it's only been two or three days of elapsed time at the, uh, at the onset of an injury to where we can start doing some, uh, prelim, you know, training such as like Romanian deadlifts or, um, something of, you know, light squats or something to that effect that will start to stimulate that healing as well. Cause your body is going to react to those stresses. You know, you want to put stress on your body as soon as you can. Uh, in a positive way, that's going to stimulate healing. So that's why we do that. I like that approach, Dr. King. I really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks. Um, with the powerlifting, I want to just ask you a question about the powerlifting. When you start, you said, I'm going to do this powerlifting competition. And we're getting ready. And you had to, you know, pack on weight for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, when people think about strength training, they're they're thinking about very you know i don't want to use the word average but for some people it's day-to-day -day functioning mm -hmm. for some people they have a goal to put on i need five pounds of lean mass i mean but for you how yeah. much did you actually put on in muscle um okay well that's a good question uh you could probably figure this out with uh you know math and stuff but the uh i went from when i first started you know i, I felt that i was I always kind of had it. This you know, we're getting into some psychological stuff here, but I always had a problem with my weight. You know, I'm six five, and I was you know in the neighborhood of about two ten, two fifteen, which is to me it's really skinny. You know, and um, but I you know, always wanted to be heavier, so I wanted to gain some weight. That's kind of how it started, and um, you know once I learned how to properly train, 
it didn't really become about it. It kind of morphed into something else because I was having so much fun training. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it kind of, I almost kind of forgot about, you know, my insecurities about wanting to be a little bit larger and everything else and um, just kind of settled back and started having fun. But yeah, I gained um, the first year, um, let's see, well, not even a whole year, maybe eight months, I gained around 80 pounds. My goodness. And, um, and that was, um, and then at, at, a, at a, around the one year mark, I had gained um, close to 100 pounds. So um, usually in my, when I go into a competition, I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of about 320. And uh, right now, you know, we haven't been able to compete with because of COVID. So I haven't needed to eat as much. And I've, you know, trimmed back. I've, you know, I've got, I don't know what the percentage of body fat is, but it's a, uh, I have, uh, you know, distinct visible abs. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you know, leaned out a little bit at about 305. So, um, you know, we just, I kind of just go up and down as far as diet uh, in accordance with what I need to do in the gym. And as long as my progress is continuing to go forward, then I eat just enough to, to recover from that. You know, I'm not really trying to actively gain and I definitely am trying not to lose muscle mass. So yeah, I'm trying to keep it in a caloric surplus, uh, but just barely, you know? <clears throat> and so from a physiological standpoint, just, and how did you feel as you were packing on the weight? Sure. You were wearing a, a back brace when you were doing your, your weightlifting moves, your strengthening moves, but, as far as as a transformation was 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 as you were growing with this transformation and packing on the weight, how did you feel from going from someone who was you know two ten to uh, adding on an additional eighty two hundred pounds? Um, I felt great, uh, you know. Other than having to get new clothes every uh, couple of months, uh, it was the only time it ever became an issue is when I got into uh, when I, you know when I get closer to. Well, I wasn't eating the cleanest. You know, you wouldn't have liked my diet. In other words, uh, when I gained the weight the first time, it was what we call a dirty bulk, right? You know what that is. Uh, that was just however <laughs> I can get that is. It was just however I could get the calories. So um, it wasn't until later on that I've, you know I've expanded my nutritional knowledge enough to where I'm not. I don't feel like I'm eating very unhealthy. You know. Uh, controlling proteins, carbs, uh, things like that, not eating much in the way of sugars. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely got there kind of any way possible, you know, PB and J's donuts. Um, so I put on more fat early on and I had to, I had to lose that later. Um, but I felt pretty good until I couldn't tie my shoes very well. <laughs> my um, now I don't have that problem. Like I weigh just as much as when I had gained the majority of the weight, but I don't have trouble tying the shoes because well, my stomach's all the way. There's always Velcro. I mean, come on. Say what now? There's always Velcro. Well, there's, yeah, we could use Spanx as well, I guess, Spanx. if we needed to. Velcro sneakers. <laughs> like, I don't even know if that's still a thing. At this Spanx, point, yeah, I don't know. For your next competition, prepare in advance, shop online for some Velcro sneakers. Won't be as big of an issue. So as you were doing this, you you were putting on weight, but your percentage of body fat or your your heart and your blood sugar were still healthy because you did this a very slow, controlled way over a long period of time. You said right. months to a year. Yeah, and I and I stayed in touch with my uh, uh, medical doctor, who's uh, a good friend, and uh, you know, kind of helps keep me on track and uh, make sure I don't you know lose sight of the uh, the, the the goal here. You know, I don't want to you know do anything that's going to really jeopardize my body, uh, long-term. 
But uh, you know, you can carry a, a large amount, you know, a larger amount of uh, muscle mass. Your know, blood pressure might go up a little bit, um, but that's to be expected if you have more muscle. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't maintain an unhealthy level of fat. I'm usually around 17, 18 percent at this point, and um, you know, just pretty much you know, try to keep it as lean as possible. But yeah, I work with my doctor. Um, you know, get tested regularly, make sure that I'm not low on, you know, different, um, vitamins, minerals, things like that. Um, you know, just, just kind of keep it out. Think blood pressure, cholesterol, um, you know, keeping it, keep a track of everything, you know, working together. And, and you got that way eating. I'm, I'm assuming they were gluten-free quinoa donuts. Of course. Fiber. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, nothing, nothing, but yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine a donut that's not made of quinoa. Uh, humongous, humongous black bean burgers uh-huh of course you know everything's super uh super processed uh stuff like that yeah yeah i'm totally into it <laughs> you, again you were on the on the opposite end um yeah there are those that i'm sure you work with as well especially with respect to pain management mm-hmm. um you know with dealing with clients where they may not be doing something like powerlifting. They're just, you know, they just may be overweight, but Mm -hmm. weight management and managing chronic conditions such as back pain, but also arthritis, obesity, diabetes, depression, heart disease. It just, those are just two of the main uh, or two of the many health benefits of strength training. Oh yeah. Yeah. So more than half Americans suffer from back pain. And those with lower back pain are more prone to weight-related pressure. Well, and a lot more than that, they're prone to depression. They're prone to uh, just, you know, lots of different psychological issues. I mean, you know, not even just the training part uh, for your body, but but mentally as well. I mean, it's such a mental challenge. Is you know, a lot of people use the gym for their social time. You know, that's when they mainly socialize. You know, I'm pretty much uh, social all the time. You know, because I see patients all day, but you know, a lot of people who work from home, they just don't see anybody. So yeah, it's, it's extremely important for a lot of different aspects of your health, not just, you know, your physical functioning, you know? Right. Well, I, I, I do research and I know that the American Obesity Association um, said that nearly a third of people with pain are obese. Mm-hmm. Which strength training recommendations do you recommend for those who want to manage their weight and their back pain? I recommend, like, it's going to sound like, oh, that this, uh, you know, uh, I use the same, same nail for every issue, same hammer nail, you know, but I mean, the thing is, is that starting strength and this is why I recommend it. I know it's like, I'm not one of their spokespeople. They, they don't even know I exist for the most part. It's just, I, I like the methodology and I've always used it, um, is that it's so simple. It's a very simple, hard, effective program. And it's not for everybody, but there have been lots of different like titrated out, uh, versions of it, uh, for people, you know, to, to make progress at any level. So it's, it's just a very basic program, but it's simple, hard, effective. And, and, uh, and even if someone is extremely overweight, we can still find out where they are now. Right. And if they're not at the point where they can do body weight squats, then like I said, you can, you can modify where needed to get them going in the right direction. And I, you know, I tell patients all the time that I don't, um, if it's not something that I'm, you know, interested in or even passionate about, I have people for that, right? I've got nutritionists, I've got, you know, dietitians, I've got, you know, people who are personal trainers, uh, 
you know, people who do these things in different areas that I trust for information and, uh, and will refer in a heartbeat, you know, and, uh, I, I talk about weightlifting, but even so, like I said, I'm not an expert. It's just something that I'm very passionate about and I, and I like to talk about it, you know, um, but I don't ever say anything about, you know, this is the way it is. If you don't like what I'm doing, well then, you know, figure it out on your own. Right. <laughs> this is just, yeah, what I talk about. You definitely, um, are passionate about, of course, is, you know, a healthy back. And I've talked to you about this before, but good posture and lifting technique. Mm -hmm. um, and when you are working with a, a patient, you're going to do a postural assessment, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, good posture and lifting technique is important when it comes to strength training and whether you're using your own weight resistance or adding barbells, dumbbells, resistance bands, other equipment, can you weigh in on how chiropractic care improves a client's posture and how, how a misaligned spine affects getting results from a strength training workout? Sure. So <clears throat> when a patient comes in and we've assessed them, and it's not, a, it's not a crazy complicated assessment. It's more or less that we look at their habits. You know, someone sits down on a table, they immediately slouch. We know that that's something that that's what they do, you know, and your spine's going to adapt to that. And it's going to uh, kind of reflect those bad habits. And we'll see it when we palpate which means I'm going to, you know, use my fingers to feel each of the joints in your spine. And you can tell which ones are kind of terminally stuck, so to speak. In our spines, they misalign all the time, right? For the most part, a healthy spine is going to make those joints mobile again, you know, breathing, moving, when you stretch, you might hear some clicks and pops and your spine will clear those out on its own for the most part. It's only when we have these habitual areas that get stuck and stuck and stuck and they stay that way for long periods of time that it starts to really affect us and your body will start to accommodate to that. It'll adapt, right? We're all, our, our bodies are all about adaptation. You provide a stimulus, there's an adaptation to it. And you know, then there's another stimulus again, but your body will start to make changes. So when you're talking about posture, you know, strength training is a big part of it, right? Because we want people to reinforce good habits. But you're taking the person who's sitting at a desk all day that's slouching. Um, you know, there's some conscious effort that we try to put in there. But one of the things that chiropractic does when we're starting to adjust them is it kind of takes some of the mental aspect out of it. You're putting the joints into a better position. It makes the tension in your body change without you doing anything, right? And, you know, what do you, all of a sudden, you know, you just kind of notice over time that you don't slouch quite as much, right? Because your body doesn't like that position anymore. Your body's, you know, you're putting those joints in a more optimal, uh, making better patterns, making uh, more functional movements uh, by adjusting the spine. And so your spine is healthier. And therefore, is, your better posture is a reflection of a healthier spine. And then you can reinforce that with exercise. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I take to it. Isn't that awesome? It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> if, if I had, uh, like when I started in chiropractic, you know, one of the biggest things that I got into was that, uh, you know, I was a chiropractic patient. I went to several chiropractors. I went to four or five chiropractors, you know, and uh, which is so funny too. When I talk to people who have been to a chiropractor, maybe had didn't have a good experience. I always ask them, you know, well, tell me 
tell me about the experience. What didn't you like? And, you know, some of the stuff is pretty, pretty basic. You know, I don't like to hear my, my, my bones pop. And that's okay. Great. We have lots of different techniques. You don't have to hear anything popping, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, people a lot of times don't try a chiropractor a second time, which is so, I think it's so fascinating because, you know, if you don't like your medical doctor, you don't say, well, that's it. No more, no more medical doctors for me. I'm never going to another one. You know, that's the end of it. No, you find another one. <laughs> you find one that you jive with and that really kind of communicates with you. And, um, you know, you want to like your doctor, right? So, yeah, my patients, you know. You, you sure pay enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, you want them to pay attention to you. You want to feel like they're listening, you know, all of these things. So, you know, you find somebody that really jives with you and you just kind of move, move with that. But. Um, God, I've lost my train of thought again. <laughs> no, long day, Shante. Long day. You were saying you four to five chiropractor. Yeah. Okay. So, right. All right. So, uh, when I first started going, I went to a whole bunch of chiropractors, and uh, and I just felt like, you know what? I, I think I can, I, I think I can do better than this. <laughs> you know, uh, I was kind of being run through the uh, the conveyor belt, so to speak, and. Um, and so, yeah, when I went to school, it was kind of with that in mind. But, you know, string training was always like a passion. So, yeah, I just kind of expanded from there. It's not a – it's not really – we don't have it as a big part of the practice as far as, like, a, a separate gym. I do have a PT here, um, and I, we share space. And, you know, I, I kind of defer to him for a lot of different things. But for the most part, it's more of an educational thing. I have, you know, white bar, board, uh, whiteboards up. Uh, I do demonstration if I need to. And I mostly point people in the direction of information. Um, and, uh, you know, people who are going to really uh, be affected in a positive way and really have their life changed, especially by training, uh, they have to put forth that initiative to start learning, right? Well, with getting stronger and just strength training, we got to talk about the core. Uh, All right. Yeah, strengthening the core muscles can help prevent and manage back pain. Um, and I'm sure, you know, people have heard average American, um, how many Americans suffer from back pain, but the average American will visit the doctor for back pain more than any other medical condition except high blood pressure and diabetes. Um, and I was doing some research and Michael Kelly, who's a certified neuromuscular therapist and medical director, uh, who oversees LifeBridge Health and Fitness Center which is a part of a regional health network in Maryland, says a lot of back pain is due to postural alignment problems. If you catch it soon enough and correct the problem with exercise and strengthening, you can avoid future pain. Can you weigh in on that, Dr. King? Sure. Um, so when we talk about the core, um, yeah, what are we talking about? So in my case, we're talking about the musculature that keeps your spine stable right? It's, uh, it's not just your abs, right? It's everything that surrounds your whole midsection, mm-hmm. correct? All correct. right. So we're talking about strengthening your core. But what do most people think that they need to do? <laughs> uh, the, those crunches. Crunches, right? Crunches are really not great for you. You know, why, I know. Why, yeah, I know you know that, but why is that? Uh, they saw it on TV. Well, well, crunches aren't great for you because they they're lo- causes loaded. All right, sorry, they 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 cause loaded uh, flexion extension of your spine, right? So we don't. Your core musculature is is primarily a stabilizer, correct? So you want to keep the spine still. Um, that's what your core does. It stabilizes your spine, especially when it's under a load. 
And uh, that's why one of the biggest reasons why um, I'm so for things like squats and deadlifts, because yeah, if you look at a wrench, you know, the, at the one end, you've got the, the part that connects to a bolt and then your hand is connected to the other end. And the part that's in the middle, a shaft of the, of the wrench, you can think of that as your spine. All right. So if you, if the whole thing was made out of rubber, it wouldn't be a very good transfer of, uh, you wouldn't be able to very easily transfer force from your hand to the nut, right? It would just bend. So we want it to be stiff, <laughs> right? So <clears throat> that's what your core does. It holds your spine still. And, um, you know, if you're, you're doing a squat, you have to learn how to effectively take the weight from the top of the squat to the bottom of the squat and return it again without falling over and without having your spine be all wonky and all over the place. And you need your core to do that. So, you know, as your weight goes up, if you can squat 405, you've got a very strong core. You have to in order to effectively transfer that force from your, th your thighs and your hips to the bar, right? Your spine transmits that force. Um, and, you know, so you're effectively working core by doing those heavier lifts. Um, planks work great too. You know, <laughs> a lot of people like to do planks. I don't do any. I'm not done. I've done zero crunches. <laughs> The 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 plank challenge that was popular years ago. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. My yeah, I do. I love seeing your grandmother plank. I think those are my favorite. Uh huh. Watching Granny plank. <laughs> yeah, plank is not that hard. It really isn't. Uh, you would think if um, everybody could plank for five minutes that we would have no more back problems, but. Um, that's not the case. You know, you were saying something about half the population. It's in a lot of, a lot of studies, it's more like 80%, 90% of people will have back pain at some point in their it's lives. More than, it's more than half. You're right. It's, it's well, that, and that's yeah. It, like versus like now versus at some point it's, yeah, it's very high. It's a multi multi-billion dollar industry um, trying to deal with this day-to-day -day problem. And it's a problem that's essentially a, a due to the fact that we're bipedal and we are under the constant force of gravity and then you add on top of it that we sit in desks all day. I mean, look at it. You've got kids here. Like, when do you start sitting in desks for the entire day? As soon as you start school, you know? So you're sitting in desks throughout your all of your formative years. Uh, then you go to college, you sit in a desk some more. Then you go get a career. And most of us sit in a desk. So it's no wonder that we don't all have back pain by about 35. <laughs> right. And who's, hold, who's holding in their core? Nobody. There's no, there's no way you're you're completely untrained in that area unless you are have a program that you, you, you that that you can execute effectively to to keep that from being the being a problem. Right. Well, I've got one more question for you. Sure. I want you to really think about this. All right. I don't know. It's it's late. <laughs> You've been given a free two day trial to the greatest gym of all time in the entire world. The only catch is your workout must not exceed 29 minutes and 59 seconds. You must complete three different strength training exercises and you're only allowed to use one piece of gym equipment. Describe your workout. Oh my God. Okay. Well, uh, then we do, I'll, oh, well, that's an easy one. All I need is a squat rack because I'm going <laughs> to squat. Then I'm going to press and then I'm going to deadlift all in the same rack. 
And I guess I'm not going to do a full lifting uh, workout because I'm only going to be able to do uh, three light sets of five on each one um, in order to get it done in a half hour. I, you know, that's a quarter of the time that I use to train with on a regular basis. But I could get it done in 30 minutes. We make the weight light enough where I don't have to rest at all. Pop out three sets of five for each one of those exercises, except for the deadlift. Yeah, we can get it done in 30 minutes. But yeah, that's all one piece of equipment. Come on, give yourself a pat on the back. Give yeah, that's a, you got to give yourself a little harder than that, Shanti. Any, anything else you'd like to add? I don't know. Um, what I mean, do you want to talk about anything else? No. How's your life? It's good. Life is good. Okay. Uh, well, I'm just happy you're doing this, and I appreciate you uh, inviting me on. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll do that too. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. That's what a spine doctor knows about strength training. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. Rhett King of King Chiropractic for being a guest on the podcast today. Oh, thanks, Shante, for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> to learn more about King Chiropractic and the health benefits of chiropractic care, visit kingchiro.net. And for links to health studies or the recommended strength training methods mentioned in this podcast, send an email to Shantae, that's C-H-A-N-T-A-Y, at Oceanside-NutritionPilates.com. Thanks for listening to the Positive Health Vibes podcast. Tune in weekly and be inspired to enjoy a healthier lifestyle. Music